it is important for us to rate, to use our platforms as drag queens and entertainers and as trans people for the good. Uh, we should use social media. They, I feel like people, trans people who aren't using their social media to, to call out the unfairness and to call out the bigotry and the transphobia. Other people are looking at them and know that they're not saying anything and it reflects badly on them. Joining us today, all the way from Arkansas, Alora O'Shaughnessy. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? So good. So good to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thank okay. you for having me. Hey everyone, it's Caroline. Before we get started, I want to take this opportunity to say that if you like content like this, be sure to tap that subscribe button and the notification tab to get updated on our newest episodes. It's really important that if you like queer inclusive content that you subscribe, share, like with all of your friends because the only way that we're going to shift the trans narrative into a positive direction and be able to get to a point where we can get to an equitable society is if we get messages out to the community like this with others. So please tap the subscribe button, share with your friends, send the link out, and most importantly, enjoy the show. Thank you. Oh my god, Aria, it's so good to have you here. How are you today? It's so good to be here. I am fantastic. Cynthia Grace, it's so good to have you back with us. How are you? Oh, I am doing fine. Your favorite bad girl, the Black Hills, is doing very good this week. That's good. That's good. And joining us today is our guest co-host, Logan Young. Logan, how are you? Absolutely splendid. Thank you. Yes, and joining us today, all the way from Arkansas, Alora O'Shaughnessy. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you? So good. So good to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thank okay. you for having me. Yes. Logan, it's so good to have you with us. And uh, before we get started, I think it's really important that we get a little background on who you are. So do you mind telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm 23 years old. I am a trans male. I identify with pronouns he, his, him. Um, I am honestly just, you know, an active person thriving to try to find, you know, balance between a lot of love and just connecting with people. I am an active mem uh, member in recovery. Um, from addiction and am just really looking forward to, you know, growing within myself, my self-love and finding people in the LGBTQ community. Absolutely love that. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us today, joining us as Thank our you. guest co-host, Alora. Alora, it's so good to see you finally again with us this season. It's nice to be seen, nice to be seen. Again, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. For those that don't know, Alora was actually here with us last season, but due to some technical difficulties, um, they were not able to be present in the show with us. So they're here with us again to give us the dose of Alora. So excited to have you here. Just a small little pinch of Alora. <laughs> so, Alora, could you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started and go any further? Yes, my name is Prism Hollow. Um, I'm better known as Alora O'Shaughnessy. I'm a trans non-binary individual right here in Central Arkansas. Um, I have been performing as Alora O'Shaughnessy for seven years. And in that seven years, I found that I'm not a cis man. Shocker. Uh, I have known nothing but a loving and beautiful community full of wonderful, beautiful people here in Arkansas. Um, and, and, and nationwide, every queer event I've ever been to, whether it be a pageant, whether it be a pride, I have always been, been welcomed with open arms um, within the queer community. Um, I, my, one of my goals in drag is to show people that there is more than one way to do drag, but there's also more than one way to live life. There's no cookie cutter way to live. There really isn't. And that's what I've always uh, I've always done with Alora is to show people um, that you you don't have to go with what society wants you to do. You can be whoever you want. So that's a bit about me. Um, I'm also a cancer. 
Born what in Desire. Oh, is that horoscopes? Oh, yes. I, I remember yeah. those. I'm a cancer. Um, I like musical theater a lot. I don't know any drag queen who doesn't love musical theater. You'd be very hard-pressed to find them. I know they exist. I ran into one one time, but... Well, speaking of drag, did you know that one that somebody in this room right here has also and currently does drag as well? Who? Me. Is it our Yes? What is your stage name? Uh, my stage name is Virgo the Vixen. And just for the record, I am a Virgo. Yes, Virgo the Vixen. I love that. I wish my name was a little more creative. Yeah. Um Basically, uh, some of the uh, more like uh, taglines that I use, Queen of the Shadowlands, Keeper of the Golden Rose, and my personal favorite, Bad Girl of the Black Hills. Yeah. Because I love, I just love being this bad girl. I use a lot of metal music uh, for my medium. I'll break out whips. Sometimes I'll, you know, go with more leathery costumes than the normal glam. And um, Please say you perform um, in this moment a lot. Oh, I've used that too. Yes, I love in this moment. Marie is actually one of the reasons why I wore the, why I bought this wig. Um, I, uh, let me see. I've used uh, in this moment within temptation, hailstorm. Uh, let me see who else I've used. Joan Jett, Lita Ford are uh, some good ones. Halo scene is another one. Um, Nerva. Yes, I pronounced your last name uh, wrong, Alora. I'm so sorry, by the way. I pronounced mm -hmm. it uh Alora, I said Shaunsi, and it's that's not that's not the correct way. Oh no, it's O'Shaunasi. So Shaunasi. back before I, I came out uh back before I came out as trans, um I didn't first of all, I didn't name myself Alora O'Shaunasi. My best friend named me. So none of none of my drag is really original down to my name. Um, but uh I'm half Irish and I had a, another best friend who called me Shaunasi after the Irish, traditional Irish name, O'Shaughnessy. And so my best friend was like, oh, that would be a cute name. Your drag is very alluring, so you can go by Allura. And then, this is this is out of myself, but if you listen to O'Shaughnessy, my dead name is in there. So it's O'Shaughnessy. So it's Allura O'Shaughnessy. Oh, God. So, I've been a Laura O'Shaughnessy for six years, and then I came out as trans, and I was like, oh, well, cat's out of the bag. Can't change it now. I've already been this far. <laughs> You're currently in Arkansas, and we sat down with a panel of Arkansas activists last season when the opinion of Roe v. Wade broke back in April, and it Ooh. was... It was atrocious, and what do you know? They They did exactly what they said they were going to do for 50 years, and uh, now we are here where they're saying the same thing about the LGBTQ plus community. And if we've learned anything from our past, they're going to do what they say they're going to do, because that's mm -hmm. who the Republican Party is. So um, let's talk on that a little bit, if you don't mind. So one of the things that I've always lived by is history has a way of repeating itself. We see time and time and time again that of history repeating itself. I mean, it it's it's one of those things where we're constantly having to fight because it's constantly the same bull crap that keeps happening. Same rights keep going down the drain. We keep fighting to tell people that we are humans just like they are. And it's exhausting and infuriating that we we can't seem to get that point across. You would think after RuPaul's Drag Race that this would be a bit more normal to some demographics, but it's not. It's not. Um, and to see lawmakers actively ignoring real issues and only solely focusing on the queer community is very disheartening. It's almost like the other side of the voters don't care about the actual issues. They only care about preserving their puritanical white governmental crap. They don't want to think of anything else. 
They want what they want. They want what they think the Bible says and what they think God wants. But they're doing a lot more harm, all under the guise of saving the children. In recent, recent outings of pedophiles and molestators, um, nowhere on any of the lists that I read was there a trans person or a drag queen. But you know who were the ones perpetrating these acts against little kids as young as two, three, four years old? White cis men in power. Now, if you ask me, that's history repeating itself because the church is doing something they're not supposed to be doing while also those same people in those churches are condemning others they find unattractive to their lifestyle. And that don't sit white with me, white with me, right with me. Oh my God. <laughs> Learn how to speak, Alora. Um, it, 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 it's an ever revolving door that we're going to have to continuously keep pushing open to be seen as equal to everyone else. It's the same, and don't don't even get me started on black trans women. They have it the worst out of all the queer out of all of the queer community. Black trans women have it the worst simply because other queer people, especially white queer men, don't see black trans women as what they're supposed to be. They see them as an object to be admired, and they are. Don't get me wrong, they are. But they are constantly the ones having to live in fear of being shot simply for walking out their door. I can take all this off and rep and present one way. A lot of trans people can't. And a lot of trans people don't want to because that's not their truth. And it's so saddening to see the same people over and over and over again being treated with less and less dignity. It's like, it, it, it's, it's honestly just unfathomable how in the last hundred years, we seem to have progressed and then shot right back down and regressed. They won a society like it was in the 1950s. But even in the 1950s, guess who were still there in the background? Trans women. We have, we are not going anywhere. We have been here since the dawn of time. You can try to erase our history. They can try to pass these laws to ban drag shows. They can try to make anti-trans bathroom laws. But case in point, we're, we're not going anywhere. So Just Laura, I have a question for you. Hmm. When you first started doing drag, did you, I guess, like have some sort of realization that it was going to be as, I guess, political and um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess like, you know, kind of in a sense, um, sorry, I literally can't with English either today. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know, just like fighting for rights. Did you think that, or when you first started drag, was it kind of just like more of, you know, you getting to express yourself or was it also kind of in the sense of, you know, getting to be able to fight politically, I guess, for trans rights, if that makes sense. Okay, so drag in and of itself is a political statement. Drag is literally going against the grain of society. I mean, at the end of the day, you what they see on stage is someone who is dressing outside of their normal gender for the act of art, for the sake of art. When I first started, I did it mainly for, um, for the artistry. And then I quickly realized that by simply existing in this art form, it is a political statement. Um, I personally, I tend not to, to be in politics. Um, 
especially where I live, uh, especially in the South, it can get real heated real fast. So I, I usually say what I have to say and leave it there. I don't argue with people. I don't, I don't do any of that. I have no time for it. I have no room for it in my life. Um, so I, I do, I, I tend to watch from the background and form my opinions there and I read and educate myself. And then when I come across like a friend who needs help understanding something, that's when I start, okay, well, if we look at this politically, this is what's happening and this is where we're going and this is what happened in the, in the past. So I would say for me, like I said, drag is in and of itself is political, but I did not start doing drag to be in politics. It's just one of those things where I happen to already be speaking politically by just being a drag queen. Completely. What about you into drag uh, in the first place, Alora? Okay, so when I was um, a real young little kid, I was about four or five, um, I started dancing. I did ballet, tap, jazz, contemporary, hip-hop, ballroom. If you could put music and movement to it, I was probably doing it. Um, I did that all from the age of five to about 17. And when I was 17, I uh, injured myself to the point where um, I was no longer able to dance. Um, and when I was 18, I went to my very first drag show. Um, and that's where I found the love of drag. It was a actually something we used to have in Little Rock called Queer Prom. Um, and it was the very first drag show I ever saw. And I didn't, I didn't pick it up at 18. I dabbled in it. I dabbled in makeup a little bit at 18, but I never really did anything serious as far as the art form of drag. Um, and when I was 20, I was working at um, a retail store in the mall. I had a friend who was, a, uh, who was now a former drag king, and he got me into it um, over at Club Sway in Little Rock. And that, uh, that's how I started. It's just... This one friend saying, oh, you'd be so good at drag. You're so energetic and you love makeup. You love art. So you should give it a shot. And I put my first pair of lashes on and never looked back. <laughs> Alora, I had a question for you. So you're maybe our third or fourth guest who has fallen down the drag performer to transgender pipeline. W would you agree with my theory that being a drag performer is a gateway drug to becoming trans? No, 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 absolutely not. Okay. I think what we're saying is uh, a lot of trans people who end up being performers first, they're, they're finding out through the performing that, oh, wait, I am trans. I am not a male outside of it. But you also still have a bunch, a bunch of different performers who are not trans, who are cisgendered, who are non-binary, who are... Um, you're, you're, but that, that's a common misconception is that um, just because we're drag queens, we're, we're all trans. No, that's not the case. It just happens to be we find ourselves through the art form of drag. Yeah, I know. I was just, I was, it was, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. But what, what was that, what was that experience like for you? Like um, finding yourself through drag performance. Can you, can you describe that a little bit? Okay. So it, it, it really hit me. I, I'd always, before I started doing drag, I always said that I was androgynous. That was the mm -hmm. term before non-binary, whether I was androgynous, androgynous. Uh, and even when I started performing, I, I kept a bit of that androgyny with me, that, that terminology with me, um, even in my daily life. And then it wasn't until I was listening to some random song for a drag show that I was getting ready for. Um, and I looked in the mirror and I said, I'm a woman. Wait a minute. What is this particular song? You know what I was listening to? What? I was listening to Cardi B, the, the cow song. Fantastic. And I looked in the mirror and, I, and in the middle of the song, this song, may, I don't know what about this song, made me realize that, oh, wait. But I was sitting there going, I'm a cow. I'm a cow. And I stopped and I looked in the mirror and I said, I'm a woman. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So that started a whole other conversation. I called my therapist. I was like, 
I'm a woman. And she was like, are you sure? I know you've always said you're non-binary, but I was like, I'm positive. Like, I've always felt more comfortable presenting as a Laura. I've always felt more comfortable in in feminine clothing and wigs and lashes and makeup. Um, So that that was my experience as coming to realization. I had always known that I was different, even when I was in drag. I always looked at people like Sasha Colby and uh, Tommy Ross, who are are legendary trans women, and they're also legendary performers. Mm. Um, I always thought that I wanted to be just like them but only as a performer. And then I started, I actually got to meet them and I talked to them outside of drag. And I, I realized um, talking to other uh, drag queens who were trans that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's, that's, I'm not a man outside of this. I don't like taking my wig off and, and looking in the mirror um, and seeing someone I'm not. So that was really my experience. Um, I always known that that modern day drag is because of uh, black trans women. I always knew that even going, even starting drag, I knew that. Um, I really didn't think I would find myself. Oops, sorry. I didn't really think I would find myself through drag, um, but I did. And here I am. Um, and I start the hormones in a month and I start my name change in a month. And I'm, it's been kind of a whirlwind um, from when I first looked in the mirror listening to Doja Cat to now going, I'm more comfortable and confident in who I am. I know what anybody sees perceives me as is not who I am. Yeah. Um, that's their perception of me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a very interesting time figuring out me. Yeah. <laughs> I should say. Well, Laura, uh, you and I have, uh, believe it or not, a lot in common. First of all, we are both trans. We are both uh, drag performers. We both live in red states that are governed by female governors who have an IQ lower than Forrest Gump. And that's saying something, because Forrest Gump wasn't all that dumb. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, in the movie, his IQ was like 70. And I guarantee you, our, my governor of South Dakota, who I call Barnyard Barbie, can easily, you know, set the bar lower. I wouldn't even call the Arkansas governor Barbie. I wouldn't even put her in the same classification. <laughs> Maybe but, so, one of those, you remember those old cloth dolls that had no face? Yes. Play? Yeah, she kind of reminds me of one of those. Just just sit in a corner and hush. <laughs> so, well, Laura, I, um, I know that you've mainly lived in Arkansas correct uh what has made you want to stay in arkansas for drag nothing <laughs> nothing in particular i don't want to be in arkansas i'll say that now yes i have a lot of i've got a great community here i've got lovely friends my drag parents are here all my drag family is here um there's nothing in arkansas that's keeping me here other than the fact that it's cheaper to live here understandable and that's a whole nother discussion <laughs> um, but, but yeah there's, there's nothing in arkansas really keeping me here. I have got, got my family and friends here, but I mean, they would all all want to see me live elsewhere. It's just a, a matter of, it's just cheaper to, to live here. Well, I would like to get your thoughts since, since we're both performers about, this is just my opinion, is the horrendous laws that are being passed in various states. Tennessee, it's outlawed. I know in other states like mine, they're really seriously exactly thinking, seriously have, thinking about it. Have. And I think like in oh like uh, Idaho and like I said other places, um, what is your thought about them banning um, our form of artwork? You have to look at these laws and and look past the word drag. If if the if the law has the word drag, in there. they are trying to police people and how they dress and act in their daily lives. When you really look at it, these are anti drag bills. These are anti-trans bills. Yes, they're going to affect the drag community, but they're going to affect the daily lives of trans people as well. Well, uh, Oklahoma is a great example because um, there is a law being passed. Basically, in, uh, the definition of drag is anyone who wears a, like flamboyant clothing that doesn't fit their gender or something like that. Yeah. And if they perform yeah. in public in front of a minor, they can get up. They can get up to two years in prison. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's honestly just quite deplorable that 
we as a nation have gotten to the point where we're actively banning drag shows. Now, do I feel that drag has a time and a place and a style for that audience? Yes. That I purposely don't do a lot of open age shows, uh, all ages shows, because my type of drag isn't necessarily PG, and I don't like to uh, censor myself. Um, but there are drag artists who love children, who love performing for children, who love reading to children, who just love children in general and want to teach children prosper and grow to be loving human beings. These people who are trying to get these bills passed, they don't see that. They see something out of the norm that they do not like, and they want to attack it. It has nothing to, it ha, it has nothing to do with drag. Honestly, let's be real. If they really had a problem with drag, they would have had a problem in the 80s with Too Long Fu. They would have had a problem with the 90s with Robin Williams. If they really had an issue with drag, they would stop watching Tyler Perry. Well, uh, you uh, brought some interesting points, and I think I um, want to talk to you about this uh, concept for the children. That's the excuse they used. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll be the first. I'm not the best researcher. But uh, last time I checked, and I could be wrong, uh, uh, at any drag show, zero children were harmed. Zero children were killed, correct? Correct. All right. I have never been to a drag show where they harmed a child. So. Yep. Because last time I checked, every child who goes there, they're happy. They're they're having a good time. They're having and they fun. are with their parents or an adult but, that is responsible for them. But the same people who are passing anti-laws against trans women uh, via through the drag community um, have no problem deregulating guns. They don't have a problem making sure that every person in America has a gun. And according to the latest government statistics, the comp, the most, um, let me see, the, the childhood death, the one that causes the most childhood death is guns. What's yep. your thoughts on that? See, grow, growing up in the South, I'm, I'm quite used to being around guns. I really am. Um, but it's one of those things where it's up to the parents to teach if you're going to have guns in the house, it's up to the parents to teach gun safety because there, there is a right and wrong way to handle a gun. Now, as far as drag queens harming children, I said it before and I'll say it again. The people who are going to jail and going on trial for molesting children are grown cis white men. Not drag queens, not trans people. Grown men white grown white men in power i mean not all white men but cisgendered men in general who have because power. you they're, they're the ones general profile of what you said uh cis white male and um i hate to break uh some uh snowflakes bubble but guess what they're mostly right wing or republican yeah right wing and republican every single time and don't get me started on them priests. Don't get me started on the churches. Oh, I'll tell you what. Because we'll they're the world's worst. Separate episode about that, because I guarantee you, me and you can fill up a whole episode just off that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I will say, I've been seeing a lot on Facebook, um, especially Facebook, saying that church is not for children, and children, kids should not be at churches. I don't think that's right. I think it's up to the parents. And it's up to the parents to decide what to do with their child until that child becomes of age to tell them no. Now, not a lot of parents are going to follow that. They're going to follow the rule of, well, you're 18, you're my child until you're 18. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm not a parent. I don't really get that decision. But I think if you want your child to grow up in a church, that's fine. Don't force it on them. Please don't force religion on children. But to say that children don't belong in church, that's ludicrous. I mean, I've known churches. I'm not a Christian myself, but I do know very progressive churches who, um, who are open to the LGBTQ plus community um, that children are very much welcome in and, and are safe in. 
there there's an issue in America with separating religion and politics. And the moment we clear that up is the moment we'll stop having these issues of having to fight for our right to live, to simply exist. Once we take religion out of politics, I think we'll be safe. But we're not going to have, that's not going to happen. Like the, the America, America was founded on religious freedom, but religious freedom from a, an oppressive group. And they're using that same religious freedom to oppress certain individuals and groups. And it, well, it's just I, not right. Well, Logan, I got, I want to ask you a couple questions since you are probably the youngest one here. What are your uh, current thoughts on, you know, drag performers performing for children? For example, um, honestly, I was just thinking about that. Personally, for me, it's like I haven't necessarily gone to a drag show personally, but you know, I've been to many prides. I live in uh, Colorado, so uh, Denver Pride is uh, super big, very um, popular. And then, I mean, personally, for me, I have always seen you know children and younger kids there their drag performances at pride happening i mean i've you know never really like thought that that was you know an issue i mean i think that you know kind of like allura said it's kind of up to the parents in a sense like what they want to do with their kids but i don't you know i i don't see any kind of wrong and having kids watch somebody expressing themselves in purely enjoying you know being in the moment with themselves and you know with other people I think that there's nothing wrong with it and to hear that there are people you know especially in other states that aren't as you know welcoming to the LGBTQ community having such an issue with their kids seeing somebody just purely enjoying themselves and an art form really is uh it's quite hard it's saddening it's really sad well, uh, let me ask you another question. Have you uh, know any person or heard of any person, a young person being forced or, or an adult forced to go to a drag show? Never in my life. No, no, never okay. have I ever so had we're going to heard anyone uh, being forced to do that. Yeah, we're going to dispel this myth that we're just basically grabbing people, throwing them in the shows or, you know, taking yeah, kids and bringing them there because... Um, the way you hear the politicians talk, that's that's what they're basically making us out to be. You know, we're. But here's the thing: I think a lot of people are neglecting is it's by choice because I'm pretty sure the kids who are there, uh, most of them probably have a parent, one or two parents there supporting them. Am I wrong? No, I wouldn't say so. I would say most of the time I do see the young kids with parents, but you know, then again, there are kids also running around just by themselves. Definitely, I think that, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't see it as an issue. I, I think that it is quite crazy to think that there are people out there that, you know, have a completely fine, you know, line of being able to watch people on TV and in movies dress as the opposite gender. But then when it comes down to someone doing it, for themselves or as a career or, you know, for a community, then it's completely not okay. I mean, well, kids watch movies with people dressing, you know, in different or, you know, in not their gender norm clothing all the time. And it's not ever really talked about as like, oh, that's going to make our kids not, or like our kids want to like, you know, do that. I don't know. I don't think that that's, you know, fair. I well, think that all- logic is 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 not applicable in these cases with these people because you know they use the 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 language oh well, they're forcing this that and the other but like there are well they must be aware and and if they are they just don't care I don't think they I just think it's they don't care because they're yeah. for they're they are the ones forcing this and they're sitting there gaslighting this nation. So what we need to do is we need to learn how to deal with gaslighting narcissists and learn how to deal with those abusers because that is what uh, these people clearly are and they're oppressors. So we need to treat them as such. They are oppressors and they're abusers and they are against human rights. I mean, that's truly the fact. I've 
I've had conversations. I have a fake TikTok account where I follow the transphobia because it allows me to see what's being said. Unfortunately, the algorithm caught on that I'm a communist still. So, um, but um, for the last few weeks, I was able to get the transphobia. I don't get it now. Um, uh, and and it's it's atrocious. They literally are not based in logic. And I was told that, oh, you're generalizing. I'm not a Republican, this, that, and the other. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you're not like a Republican, because if your ideologies match with that party, then you are a part of that. And you can denounce that you are not that, but you are still alt-right. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Republican, alt-right, conservative. It's the same thing, which is oppressors, which is literally what what um cynthia knows all too well about in the 1930s that's what this is i mean they started with trans and non-binary people in the 1920s they burned magnus hirschfield's uh, laboratory he was a leading sexologist they didn't tell us in high school that the books that they were burning were the books talking about sex and gender and different people like those were the books that they were that they were burning here i was in 10th grade thinking oh they burn books it must be fahrenheit 451 and 1984 this that and the other and i didn't connect the dots because they convinced us that those books were written about uh, other countries and really they were actually talking specifically about this country. So. Yeah, I, I think a big part of the issue is uh, Republicans have uh, what I like to call a status quo bias. Like they don't think of themselves as having a political agenda, whereas they think of the LGBT community as having a political agenda. So when you bring up issues like, say, um, a lot of red states will have like child beauty pageants or they, you know, they indoctrinate their kids into religion or what have you. They, they don't see anything wrong with that because that's in their minds, that's that's apolitical. That's just normal. Right. Complete double they, standard. They absolutely do not see anything wrong with it because it's what they were raised to believe. Yeah, exactly. I call it the John Wayne mentality. If men have to follow this uh, set of paradigms, women have to follow this set of paradigms. And if you don't follow them, then you are labeled as one of the others. Yep. Something that's crazy to me in general is just like in history, I definitely like, you know, have or just remember learning that like, you know, way back in the day during like, I guess when there were kings and queens in England and all that, you know, the higher up people, the people who, you know, were wealthy, like wore dresses and way fancier clothing and were able to have the luxury of like, I guess, like, you know, definitely having nicer clothes, spending time on doing like their hair and like worrying about how they looked. But now in society that is looked at as like, oh, either feminine or, you know, gay, if you're a guy, like you can't care about yourself, you can't wear heels or anything that resembles like a dress, something that's not tight on your body, but it's like literally back like hundreds of years ago, it's like men were literally wearing skirts and wigs and heels and dresses. And it wasn't this like taboo thing of like, oh, they're trying to be the other gender. It was just normal. Yeah. Tell Scotsman that uh, he's uh, tell a male Scotsman that, you know, his kilt makes him look like a girl. I want to see how that conversation ends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think the biggest issue <laughs> I, th- I think the biggest issue with with what we're seeing in transphobia is that children or that that people in general are not educated. And I think that's what we're seeing the attack on the trans youth is that if you don't allow the access to these to these youths to these young children, then they're going to grow up and and, and see the world the way that their parents raised them. And that's going to be through the lens of bigotry, because if children our generation had been educated 15, 20, 30 years ago in what gender identity is, we didn't have access to that. But if our generation had known, it would we'd be at a point where there'd be more acceptance. And we're seeing that with younger generations. And I think that the education leads to less violence. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're trying to ban the books and they're trying to get this out of the schools because if they don't educate the children, then there will be backlash and they will raise that. They're raising this generation to kill us. That's what they're doing. Because as long as they instill into them this 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 separation that that they 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 teach the children that gender is is two. Like because I don't think anybody understands or a lot of people still don't understand 
the difference between gender and sex. So sex is obviously the 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 genitals and whatnot, and the gender is a neurological internal perception of one's own identity. And that's so hard for cis people to wrap their heads around because you know, and it's funny because if you talk to them long enough and and you ask them, you say, Well, when you were five, did you know you were a boy or a girl? And they were like, Yeah, I know I was a boy. I was like, Oh, so when a trans kid come out, when a trans child comes out and says, I'm not a boy or I'm not a girl, they're delusional. But when you say as a five-year-old, oh yeah, I'm definitely a boy, that's that's fine. Do they not see the disconnect there is that children aren't they they say to me children aren't able to make that decision and and they're denouncing the fact that psychology has no has shown us that gender is developed between ages four and six and so if a five-year-old cis kid can say oh i'm a boy and a, and a five-year-old cis girl can say that they're a girl then if a trans student comes in and says well i'm not um a girl or i'm not a boy then the idea that oh well the children don't know well no, what you're saying is that cis kids know and trans kids aren't allowed. That's what they're saying. But if they, they, if, wanna, if they, they don't want to educate themselves, that's that's what it is. They, my dad has always said that knowledge is power, and without knowledge, power is a detriment. So mm-hmm. they they want all the power, but they do not want to learn any of the knowledge they don't want to take the time to learn i truly feel that there's a lot of people out there who simply do not care to learn each week on the trans narrative podcast we want to highlight a piece of the bigger stories that impact our lives the laws and attitudes and cultures that can help or hinder us as transgender people in the united states stories that cisgender people want to tell for us or about us are going to be missing in critical details. They won't help us to clear up our perspective. We want to show how we've struggled, how we are struggling, and also how we will overcome. On February 16th, 2023, pharmacist Gwendolyn Herzig when being interviewed uh, for a hearing on a transgender bill by Senator Matt McKee in Arkansas, uh, was asked a very specific question. I've got audio here. You said that you're a trans woman. I trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. Yeah. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. I the one never said anything about genitalia. Oh, it has everything to do okay. with genitalia. I don't know what my rights are right now. I'm a healthcare professional, other, doctor. Please treat me as such. Next are question, they... please. On the far right, the tactic to go to the very least informed opinion in order to simply attack transgender people is really quite common. So we should talk about you know, having some basic tact. Would it have been a legitimate question for Gwendolyn to have asked the same of the senator in that room? That would have been a ridiculous thing. Really, that question was intended to instill a gay panic or trans panic defense. Um, It's a legal strategy applied in cases of assault or murder of transgender individuals with whom the assailant had engaged or was close to engaging in sexual relationship uh, with claimed to have been aware that the victim was transgender. That's a valid defense still in Arkansas. So that question uh, might have come out to be, if we went on a date, would me murdering you be punishable by a lesser offense than someone who was assigned female at birth? So we should see that there is uh, inherent discrimination and eliminationism is kind of in that concept of trans panic. So let's keep that in mind as we move forward because uh, we don't want to get away from the actual central point, what the bill was there for, what was being argued. Um, So I'm going to give a little bit of time here to let Gwendolyn express in her own words uh, the kind of testimony she could have provided to the Senate and they asked her legitimate questions. 
This is her interview on ABC 4029, Arkansas. No, for sure. So I own Park West Pharmacy out of Little Rock, Arkansas. We really focus on minority health care, especially LGBTQ health care, with an emphasis in trans care. Uh, also, with a little bit of my personal story, is I'm trans as well. And so just over the last three years of my own transition, I just kind of felt at pertinent to start like really standing up and going to the legislature and really kind of just voicing my concern about these bills and how hurtful they are. So first, we have to start with Senator Matt McKee um, talking about hurtful, asking you a very controversial question, a very personal question. How did that make you feel? Uh, it was really degrading, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, just having like coming out there with like lived experience, being able to be like show like what my profession, like how I help the community and just like all like my expertise in the area, just be kind of singled down to a single body part was really probably the most publicly humiliating thing I've ever experienced. So what have you been, uh, wh what do you tell people when they have a question like that or when they are, you know, watching this uh, committee meeting going, huh, you know, like how does that make a person feel? No, sure. It, it really, it's like I said, dehumanizing. Uh, generally, I try to provide more of an atmosphere of education. And then if there any type of question like that ever does like pop up, I generally like, you know, obviously address it and say kind of like why this is probably not a potentially a great question to ask. Mm -hmm. And so and really kind of distract and use that as a form of education. So. Okay. Uh, Dr. Lead sponsor of the bill, Gary Stubblefield, said that this bill is about protecting children. How do you respond to that claim? You have children of your own. You know, for sure. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and they're both full rotten. But, uh, like, this bill is really more about targeting uh, trans youth. And that, the trans youth group is already such a marginalized group, and it's already having a hard time accessing resources and care. And it's like, we already have 20 American institutions that have guidelines that address trans youth and also the trans adults and what, mm -hmm. what the appropriate care and guidelines are. And so the fact that Senator Stubblefield wants to use a copycat bill and that's like just going around and trying to press his own agenda, when I don't think he truly has sat down and really spoke with the community or community leaders to really see like why this is harmful, is it's very disheartening, especially for just across the U.S. in general and also for Arkansas constituents. Now, this bill would let anyone sue a doctor up to 30 years, as it's written right now, but they're uh, trying to change it to 15 years after surgery, if they can pro prove uh, damages as the owner of the pharmacy. Are there any concerns that former patients might seek damages against you uh, three decades down the road or 15 if they change the wording? No, for sure. So the issue here is like, A, the pharmacy will never, or even myself or current practitioners will not start providing care unless it just absolutely becomes illegal to do so. Uh, I, a lot of this bill is just fear-mongering. Mm -hmm. You know, a big thing they kept on saying is, like, like to use these words, genital mutilation. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't happen. First of all, trans surgery, like, trans youth surgeries just don't happen. They keep bringing it up to, like, to cause, like, fear-mongering and scaring. To even actually get, a, like, a surgeries as an adult is actually a very hard process. A, it's very costly. B, there's a lot of gatekeeping when it comes to insurance and actually getting those surgeries scheduled. See, there's a lot of downtime with it. A lot of people just don't have like the time to actually recover for it and keep going. And then also you have to think about a lot of times the trans community is socially, economically disadvantaged. It's not like they just have thousands of dollars set aside to go get a surgery. So to think that even an adult has a hard time to go get a surgery than to think, oh, a, a child could just go up to any doctor and have a like a gender confirming surgery done is, is, is ludicrous, to be honest with you. And so... I just wish once again that we would become a little bit more educated and we'd sit down with our community leaders of that group that's being affected and really talk to them. Can you talk a little bit about the care that you do provide and uh, the type of care that a lot of Arkansans are seeking, um, even youth? No, for sure. So the pharmacy, as a pharmacy, we uh, dispense out hormone replacement therapy and puberty suppression drugs. Also, we're just a good place for resources, whether if it's like we're looking at name change or gender change, or we're just having some questions about what HRT or which HRT does not do, or like what are some appropriate puberty suppression drugs or the cost, or just there are so many, or like what are the questions we have about social transitioning, what surgeries are out there. So I think that one thing is too, like there's this misconception that every transition has a start point and a stop point with everything in between. But in general, most trans 
uh, gender individuals have their own specific goals that they have in mind. And so some of those goals might be just a social transition. Some of those goals might include hormone replacement therapy. Some of those goals might require surgical intervention if they feel like it. But every person is different on what they want to like achieve. So. Now, there are multiple bills like this one going through Arkansas and other state legislatures right now, including Oklahoma now. Do you feel that this is a coordinated effort? And why is there suddenly so much legislation around gender-affirming care this year? Uh, once again, I feel like this it's, it's easy to target mark. It's easy to attack a marginalized community. And the transgender community is very vulnerable. Uh, you know, it's not easy to transition. And the social stigmatization of these bills really just hurts those individuals that much more. And so it really is a coordinated effort by certain institutions, uh, but it's it's just really sad because all it's doing is it's really hurting people when, especially the country and even Arkansas for that matter, has so many larger issues to tackle, like the unsheltered population or food insecurity for children or our infrastructure, our roads. I mean, there's so many other things that we could be focusing on, but we want to pay waste taxpayers' dollars and attack an already disadvantaged community. And so it's just, it's very frustrating, very sad. And especially once again, the VA will up there is my first time like going into a legislator or the Senate and being like, want to voice my concern to be to the point where it's like, none of that matters. I just get asked a very humiliating question. And then I get like, oh, no more questions. And so it's, yes, it's, I don't know. It's just really sad. Is there anything we forgot to ask you that uh, you think that Arkansans should be aware of? Uh, that. You know, even though it seems like our, like especially the LGBT community and the trans community or any minority community for that matter, feels like we keep getting attacked because I mean, even though it was reproductive rights just several months ago, um, it's like we do take, you know, we take several steps forward and we may, may take a few steps back, but we're still making progress. And so um, we have way more resources and a lot, way more guidance available today than others. And I really applaud anyone or if you have any questions there are national guidelines out there called wpath uh, just take a second review them ask a friend like there's just so much other knowledge out there and so many american institutions that already have guidelines out there by the time this episode airs the next hearing for that will have already happened on march the 2nd we'll see if that has any forward momentum However, it was already referenced in Gwendolyn's interview that this is a cookie-cutter bill. This isn't the only one, and we'll see many more just like it across different states. And that means almost certainly we will see that same kind of rhetoric and those same kinds of questions asked again, because the opposition doesn't have any imagination. New studies show that... Um, New studies show that it doesn't matter how intelligent you are. If you just speak enough and people enough people hear you, you'll become a leader in their eyes. It doesn't you matter. We always thought the loudest. That works mm -hmm. for uh, Matt Walsh, uh, Ben Shapiro, um, Donald Trump, Hitler, a sweet potato Hitler. Uh, who else? I mean, uh, let me see. We can we can easily Did you just say sweet potato Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's for that's for Trump. Sweet potato Hitler. Oh my God! No, that's so wait, nothing about. That nothing really sweet so about perfect. him though. He's just an orange potato. More like rotten potato Hitler. That's right. That's right. Definitely, my favorite conservative talking point is, "Oh, I don't want my kids to go to college because they'll turn into liberals, or I homeschool what? kids because they'll turn." Yeah, into that's. It's that's like, exactly. oh, so you're saying when you become more educated, you, you become, become further left? Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is from the bill figure. No. I guess what I wanted to ask is with uh, where you're at now and, you know, the platforms that we have, um, what is something that you, I guess, really want to express to trans youth or even just like would have wanted to, you know, know yourself as, you know, a, a youth trying to navigate this crazy world google is going to be your best friend all it's and it's easy you type in your question what does transgender mean articles after articles after, after articles come up uh, google is your best friend um especially in today's day and age where everyone has a supercomputer in their hands um and yes it's terrifying but don't be afraid to be yourself you, you, you have to stand true in who you are as a person or you're going to let them win.
you're going to let the ones who who hate us win and we can't we can't let that happen so be true in your convictions be true to who you feel you are in your heart and like i said google google is free educate yourself it's not that hard it really isn't there 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 are ways to find misinformation and to debunk that misinformation um don't also don't be afraid to to ask questions don't be afraid to challenge challenge certain things yeah they're going to say don't do that or don't say that or don't ask that do it anyway challenge them i know it's easier said than done but that's what we have to do in order to progress uh, i i just i hope that i am able to show that then show especially trans youth that it gets better it gets easier it really does yeah. it, it, it 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 gets I want to say easier, but it gets better. You find your people, you find the ones who are truly behind you, and, and you start succeeding the more you're willing to educate yourself on who you are as a person and educate yourself on social issues. It, it, it all just starts falling into place. So it, it does, it, I, I will say that it does get better. That's what I want the trans youth to know, that it, it will get better, it does get better, but we have to keep fighting for it to get truly 100% better for everyone. So that kind of leads into the question I was going to ask Laura. Um, with all the negative news and headlines and everything um, in regards to our community going around, uh, what are what is something that keeps you positive and hopeful? Love. Love keeps me positive. Love keeps me hopeful not just love for another person, but love for myself. Um, I think it's important that individuals truly love who they are and who they're becoming in order for progression to really start happening. Um, what I see with all these laws that are anti-trans and anti-drag, um, it's hatred. That's all it is, it's straight hatred. Um, so one, the one thing that keeps me going is the, the, my love for myself, the love that I have for my fellow drag queen and fellow trans brothers and sisters. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me hopeful because at the end of the day, love will always win over hate. That's fantastic. Um, another question. Uh, so you've been doing drag for a while drag is an art form what what is uh, what is something that you're trying to say about yourself through your art form that i can be whoever the hell i want to be any given day of the week beautiful i do not owe anyone masculinity i don't owe anyone femininity i don't owe anyone long hair long blonde lustrous hair i don't i don't owe anything to anyone what i do owe to someone is to be true to who I am. And I owe that to myself. Um, yeah. With my drag, I hope that I am able to tell people that and show people that there's more than one way to live. There's more way, one than one way to love. There's more than one way to perform. There, there's just more than one way of being than what the social norm wants us to believe. Absolutely. And uh, finally, the most important question, What's your brand of lipstick and where can I get it? I am currently wearing um, Urban Decay lipstick. I don't remember what color it is. I just say it's brown. Um, I'm wearing a Revlon lip pencil to uh, go with the lovely shade of brown, but it is an Urban Decay liquid lipstick. Urban Decay. I'll make a note. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, will send you, I will send you a tube of the, of the lipstick when we're done here. Fantastic. <laughs> right. how's that caroline that's great cynthia questions final questions right. well i'll got a couple uh wrap up questions uh the first one is i'm going to start with logan uh logan do you, uh do you have a faith or a religion uh no i would say i'm mainly just spiritual all right uh aurora same question to you i dabble in a little bit of witchcraft um i would say i'm extremely religious in anything honestly um 
I would if if I had to pick a true religion, I would say knowledge is my religion. Because without knowledge, there there's no yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh ask something that's a little more lighthearted. Okay, let's have a little bit of fun here. All right, I'll start with Logan. Logan, uh, do you have um like um a favorite memory of uh you know, recent memory of um you know, just coming out or just being yourself in the past year? In the past year, wow. Well, I mean, a lot for me has happened in the past year. Um, I chose to get sober completely and really just start actually putting, um, you know, more into myself and really actually like love myself and take that time to learn more about how I can, you know, just live more authentically and happy and all that. So I think, you know, favorite memory for me for sure would just be um, honestly getting my own apartment, getting my own place and having that kind of, um, ability to be like, I did this on my own and I have a space to be completely me and completely express myself and just a safe space to also just, you know, um, keep proceeding with, uh, my transition and not have to worry about really like anything. So it's been awesome. Uh, Aurora, same question. Any positive memory that you've had over the last year? So the very first thing that came to mind um, when when my question was asked was almost about a year ago to to the date, almost about a year ago, um, I I shaved my head. I completely got rid of all my hair. I had about shoulder length hair, and I said, "I'm over it." Mm. Put it in a ponytail, cut it off, over it. Um, to me, that was very affirming for myself uh, because hair is just hair. Hair doesn't have to be gendered. Um, I was always kept longer hair because I always thought that it was more feminine. No, hair is hair. At the end of the day, and, I, and that really was very affirming for me, shaving off my all my hair. Um, Another, another very happy memory for me was when um, the first time I went out of drag, out in drag, and just a full face, no hair, and my natural body. Um, and one of my all-time favorite performers of all time complimented and told me how how beautiful I was, <laughs> um, and it kind of threw me back because I was just like, "You think I'm pretty? <laughs> what?" <laughs> Um. Uh, so yeah, that that those are two probably my two happiest memories from like the last year that have been very affirming for myself, and then that showed me that I'm I'm headed onto the right track. I'm headed onto the right path. All right. Final question for both of you, Logan. I'll start with you. KFC or Popeyes chicken? Which is your favorite out of those two? Popeyes. Yeah. The, <laughs> the right answer. Popeyes a two-piece and a biscuit from Popeyes. <laughs> Can't now go wrong with little Popeyes. Question for you, Aurora. I think I know the answer, but let's just hear it officially. I love me some Popeyes chicken. Now, don't get me wrong. I like KFC just because it's close and down the road from where I live. But uh, if I had to choose, I would two-piece and a biscuit from Popeyes with a, <laughs> a large, sweet-ass tea on the side. Well, I'll be the third and say, yeah. I, I love Popeyes. Big Popeyes fan over here, too. So, yeah. Popeyes, send us food, okay? <laughs> Pop, if anyone from the Popeyes Corporation is listening, send us food, okay? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Oh sponsor. my God. We need a sponsor. We do need a sponsor. Cynthia, I sent you the link to the next uh, meeting that we're going to have to get into. So, my all last right. question for Elora O'Shaughnessy is um, when we take all this in and digest all this information that we had today, what are we, what can we do like today move doing, what, what can we do moving forward today to, to really get where we want to go? Honestly, the same thing we've been doing for years, educate and stop ignoring the issues. We, 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 that is the biggest thing we have to do. We have to stop ignoring history, repeating itself. To me, that's one of the biggest things that we can do is just, it's just educate not just each other, but 
others who may not understand, um, who are willing to understand. And, and that's really that's really all we can do. Truthfully, that's truthfully that's what I think. Is, is like I said, knowledge is power, and the more knowledge we have, the more power we have to say, stop. This isn't okay. Oh my God, Aria, that was incredible. Thanks for joining us today. As always, I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Cynthia, Virgo the Vixen, thanks for being yep. here with us. Yep, just remember, who's your Vixen? Bye-bye. <laughs> and Logan Young, who joined us today as our guest co-host. What a great job you did. Thanks so much. Thanks, I really appreciate everything and all the support and just um, the experience to be able to be with all you lovely women. And I hope y'all stay golden. And Alora O'Shaughnessy, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on your podcast and really say what I had to say. Like I said on Facebook when I'm promoting with them, I said, I'm Alora O'Shaughnessy and I've got something to say. That's why they're obsessed. I'm much more than my dream. I'm much more than the waves and lashes that I feel. Hi, everyone. If you like this episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. More importantly, share with your friends. Today's episode was recorded March 4th, 2023 via Zoom. Today's show was co-hosted by Aria Lackey, Caroline Penny, and Cynthia Grace, with guest co-host Logan Young. Today's guest was Alora O'Shaughnessy. This episode was edited and produced by Caroline Penny. Research provided by Athena Kramakis. Music provided by Infraction, titled Good Five. Athena Provakis captured the narrative. Capturing narrative segment music and the music you hear now are produced by Athena Provakis. This episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast was brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to upload a podcast. Thank you for supporting this show. For more details about this episode, go to the description linked below. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. Apple, Facebook, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, and now YouTube. Subscription for exclusive content available. Be sure to go to anchor.fm slash transnarrative. New episodes stream Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Saturdays, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to reach out to learn more, be a guest, or are looking to get involved with the show, email us at transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com. That's transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com.